Welcome to our Think Kingdom podcast. We have a brand new message titled Emotions, Windows and Mirrors. Let's go ahead and jump in and see what God's word has for us with our lead pastor, Antoine Lassiter. I'm just excited about what God is doing, what God will do. Um, I still have some promises that have not been fulfilled. So um, as long as I'm on the other side, on this side, I'm recognizing the fact that if the promises have not come, that means they're on their way because he is not slack concerning his promises. If it's a promise from God, that simply means it's going to happen. And so as I stand before you, um, I'm, I, I'm, going, I'm going to... Uh, introduce uh, our next sermon series, but don't you fool yourself. This is not something that's packaged. This is not something that's witty or humorous. I believe this is straight from heaven. I believe that if you are here today, God wants to speak to you, speak to us. And um, um, turn up the lights just a little bit because I want you to take notes. I want you to be involved. I really want your full divided attention. If you are online, I, I, I want the same. Um, I, I want us to concentrate on exactly what God wants to do to us and through us. And you are here to hear from him. And, 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 and as a body of believers in this local church, I believe that God is going to speak to us in this next sermon series. I'm going to preach every part until the Lord releases me not to, but there's something unique that God wants to do through this word, and you are here, and God is going to speak to you today. Amen. First of all, it's the obvious. We all need relationships. Every one of us. And this is where we either thrive or survive. It's all in relationships. God created you and me as not only physical beings and spiritual beings, but emotional beings as well. So we understand the need to take care of our bodies. We understand the need to grow spiritually, the need to be led by the Spirit, to understand and apply God's Word into every area of our lives. We spent eight weeks talking about live holy, Live humble um, under the umbrella of living ready. But oftentimes, the spiritual, even the physical, it comes at the expense of neglecting our emotional health. Families are on eggshells every day because they, know, they don't know which you is going to show up. And so uh, we have all these bags of emotions that we bottle up and we live such separate lives that we don't know which you is going to show up. We don't know if it's the sad you. We, we don't know if it's the confused you. We, we don't know if it's the happy you. We, we, we don't know. I mean, sometimes it's this one. Like, um, I, I love my dog. I love my Boston Terrier because I tell this a lot. If he can read whether um, I want to be bothered or not, and it's all the way when I walk in the door. When I walk in the door, he's sizing me up. Nope. And or there are times when he's like, yeah, can you take me outside? We good? And I started a couple weeks ago 
started not trying to change my mood, but becoming more aware of it. To see my habits and how I respond to certain things. Um, did work go well today? And I had an attitude, I had behavior. Um, am I where I think I need to be? And I had an emotion that was attached to that, and that emotion determined my behavior, and my family picked up on where I was emotionally without me saying a word. So how many times is that played out with us? To live ready, we must live fully. And we must deal with our emotional health. Point number one, God created us to live in relationship with himself, ourselves, and with others. And we cannot be truly satisfied unless we are emotionally and spiritually nourished by not only God, but by others. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a heifer fit for him. In this statement, God showed Adam that he has a need. It is not good for him to be alone. One single person doesn't reflect accurately who God is. It's all of us. So in a broader sense, no ethnic group, no one gender, no, it's all of us that can have the tapestry of who God is. So this statement isn't just about companionship. You know, he says, flesh of my flesh, blood of my bone, I mean, blood of my blood, bone of my bone. It's not even about just procreation, about being fruitful and, and multiply. It's broader and it's bigger. From the beginning, God shows that it's about a people. Separately, it's about people. Long before we could talk or express ourselves using words, it, was, it wasn't strange that we would cry and laugh. And we did those things before we could talk. As babies, thank God, I'm 15 years removed. I love babies now because I recognize that I don't have to take the baby home. And if I do take the baby home, I can always return the baby to their parents. But there was a time way back when, when babies would cry and they were expressed, my sons would cry and they would express themselves. Sometimes it was a diaper change. Sometimes it was, I'm lonely. Sometimes it was, uh, I'm hungry. So there was a need that was expressed and that need was met. So no one um, generally gets mad at a crying baby, unless you're heartless. And that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother time. But somewhere along the line from crying, laughing, expressing the need, we are taught to deny our emotions. We are taught how to feel. And we drift farther and farther away from our true selves. We're no longer able to dream. We're no longer able to move beyond what we see. Yes, 
We have aborted our dreams all because we're not living fully. And the reason why we li- we're not living fully is because we become numb. And we become numb because it's a defensive mechanism. If I dream, I might not get it. What has it got to do with God, Reverend? You're going to have to see. We're going to walk this. I'm going to take my time with it. And if it's the only message I preach this year, I'm willing to preach it. So when we think of depression, we automatically jump to sadness. But it can be numbness. You don't feel anything. It can be emptiness. And so we stop dreaming and unknowingly or unconsciously, we are threatened by the dreams of those who are close to us. We don't dream ourselves and we don't even parents, we don't even want our children to dream because we don't want them to feel the disappointment that we felt. So we restrict them from dreaming. What does this have to do with God? Stay with me. We are called to thrive. We are called to thrive, to live in abundance, and eternity is always before us. John chapter 10, verse 10, a thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. Write this down. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. Now I want you to say this last part with me. Jesus has come so that I may have life and have it in abundance. So what does the thief do? The thief still kills and destroys. Now, contextually, um, we jump to uh, making references to Satan. So we said Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But in this context, he's actually talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He's talking about false teaching. So he's not necessarily directly talking to Satan about, uh, I got the house and I lost the house and the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. No, that was mismanagement. No, that, was, that had nothing to do with enemy. That had all to do with our personal responsibility. Because if we're going to life... If we're going to live life fully, then we have to recognize that most of the things that we go through, I'm responsible. Okay, that's hard. I get it. Uh, So say with me again, Jesus has come so that we may have life and have it in abundance. Now, in defense of my numbness, I have become cynical. And uh, the Lord, uh, you know... uh, I'm just going to be honest. Judge me, but I'm just going to be honest. Um, and, and then we become um, uh, cynical and sarcastic. And the Lord, for the last six months, been dealing with me about my sarcasm. Because there's something in that sarcasm that I used to dismiss. And as we go through emotions, as we go through this journey together, we're no longer going to give the excuse, that's just the way I am, as a defense to keep people away. Because it's it's good to have healthy boundaries. But what we've created is confusing boundaries with barriers. Boundaries are the things that protect me and you. Barriers just protect me. So sarcasm allows me to protect my true feelings. Oh, I'm about to preach. Because if nobody else gets free today, I'm going to be free. We either live 
We either take the risk or we live with regret. So this is more. This is, this is not about riches. This is not about wealth. This is about living life fully and completely and actually saying I'm upset versus you figure it out. Um, so the danger here is when we don't live life fully, then what we have a tendency to do is substitute a full life with performance. So we connect what we do to how important we are. Oh, that's why we chase titles in the church. Okay, I'm about to, oh, we take this emotional makeup and the reality of it is we're tears of a clown. And we, we keep painting this picture of wholeness and being complete. And honestly, we go home and cry because we don't know who we are, but we know what we're called. Before I'm Pastor Antoine, before I'm Pastor Lasseter, I am striving to be a son that receives this one message. Good, well done, my good and faithful servant. That... It's living life fully, because if I don't live life fully, then I'm going to determine my success with what you think. Dismissing what he said. Oh, I'm about to preach myself happy. Inside, I'm like running like this. If I was in better shape, I'd be preaching and running around the church. But I know my limitations. So we either take the risk or we live in regret. I'm not, start, I'm not talking about starting a business or traveling the world. I'm talking about living in a greater way, using that same business to advance the kingdom, the rule of the rule of King Jesus. If you have purpose and your purpose leads to a business and that's what it is, you're still off. Our purpose is to glorify God. And he has given us skills and talents that we can glorify him in my skill and my talent. If Jesus uh, is the groomsman, and he is, and the church is the bridegroom, and she is. That means that the church is like a mother to us. But it's hard acting, it's, it's, but it's hard acting or being a son or daughter when we believe we are an orphan. And therefore, we behave like orphans. When I had um, so I got, a, I got a, my, my training, my formal training is in criminal justice, but I did a lot of uh, training working with children. Um, parents know this, when your child is running and they fall, who do they look to? They look to the parents and then their parents determine whether the kid is going to go off or not. So if a kid is running, hey, that, yeah, that, that. I shouldn't do that. But if the kid is running and, and it falls and scrapes their leg, and the mom says, oh, my God, the kid goes off. But if mom's like, oh, somebody got a boo-boo, then the kid's emotions is being regulated by mom. Natural, spiritual. If we treat ourselves as orphans, if we believe that we're orphans, who is regulating our emotions? Because we're surely not looking to God. Man, I tell you. And so the cries must stop. The cries must stop. And so we stop crying. And here's what God has been dealing with me. And I'm just giving, I'm giving you a snapshot of where I am going. And I pray that my vulnerability and my transparency helps you. But if it doesn't, I'm going to get free. So here's what God has shown me. 
That's one, you stop crying. And now you don't know how to celebrate. That's what orphans do. Orphans don't know that, yes, it's their birthday. And that's the day that they were born. And yes, they, they, they celebrate that day of their birth with every maybe 10 million people. But they were born. So sometimes orphans don't know how to, to experience pain or celebration. So in order to mask it, we offer false humility. I want the attention, but then I don't want you to know that I want the attention. And so I live in this tension of wanting to be celebrated, but not worthy of the celebration. Man, and so we do things to keep performing after performing to get the affection that we desire, and that affection can only come from God. So every person here, hear me, there's an emptiness, there's a void in you that can only be filled by God. Check out Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There's a void in you. And what happens, the world offers, and sadly, the church offers temporary affection. And that's why we jump from church to church. My gifts are not being used. And the reality of it is, no, that's where you're seeking affection. That's, that's why we like perfection, because perfection can mask my humility and, and my humiliation and my pain. If I can just get it right, oh, pastor, you preached a wonderful sermon, and secretly I crave it. And he says, why are you craving them? Because when you preach a sermon that pleases me and they walk away, who are you going to chase after? You see? You see the dichotomy? You, you see it? Do you see how your emotions are guiding you and, and impairing you to live a life that you were never intended to live? And you thought it's maturity when nothing bothers you. Your Lord and Savior wept. Why would Je Jesus knew that he was going to resurrect Lazarus and still cried? Men don't cry, so Jesus is not a man. Okay. So when we cry as orphans, or we hurt, or we rejoice and are happy as orphans, we ultimately believe no one cares because ultimately we are alone. So we live a shell of ourselves emotionally, and we live out, we live out lies as truth, and we deny how we truly feel, and we fail to live out how God created us to be. So we become angry over things in the distance that we have no control over while avoiding what we do have control over, things that are close to us. Jesus in John chapter 10, verse 10, I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. Let's read that again together. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. And to have life, there's, two, there's, there's three things. We can fully know ourselves. You can fully know yourself. We can fully know others. And we can fully experience life. The next few weeks, I am praying that God opens the windows of our hearts while we take a good look in the mirror. Lovingly, the Father stands with us just as the church does. We'll be talking over the next few weeks about anger. 
man, you would, no, you may not be because you're the angry one. You would be shocked how many people sitting in the house of God that's mad. Now, anger by itself is not a sin. It's what you do with that anger. And this old passive aggressiveness, you know how we tend to not to really uh, 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 express how we feel? Hey, what's wrong with you? Nothing. <laughs> uh, we were talking and you said something. I mean, I said something and did it hurt your feelings? Oh, no, it didn't bother me at all. Is it bothering you? And secretly, Darius, secretly, we don't like this. Boy. And, and, and so we, 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 we're angry. And so we can't confuse coping with healing. Coping is our, behavior, uh, uh, is our behavior or reaction or our management of the triggers. So many of us are coping and as if that's healing. And it's not. Healing is when those things no longer trigger you. Coping is like having a Band-Aid. It's like getting cut and having a Band-Aid on it. You know, I got my Band-Aid on it. Yes, that's okay. That, that's, that's, that's okay. But the Band-Aid is not Neosporin. The, you, there's, there's many other things that you have to do. I'm not saying or, or, or mad at you for using a Band-Aid, but it's been 25 years now. And that thing is still triggering you. And... And the residue is still there. And because all of us, say all of us, all of us hurt people, we are bound, guaranteed, 100% that we're going to brush up against that wound. Ain't no love in this church. My bad, I was just... And that's what we do in our relationships. So I cannot get live ready off my mind. Because this isn't about moving to the next sermon series. How can we live ready if we're not living fully? Because when the enemy and persecution comes, if we're not living a full life, that's why we see it as an attack from God and not from the enemy. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Therefore, with your minds ready for action. Time for some action pops in my head. Be sober-minded. Some of y'all are too saved. Um, therefore, with your minds ready for action, be sober-minded. And set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That blew my mind. And in 1 Peter 5 and 8, be sober-minded. Be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion uh, lo looking for anyone he can devour. He keeps referring back to the mind. Be ready for action because there's going to come a time where if your emotions are not in check, you're going to be all over the place. And so emotions are like unrestrained elephants. They can go where it wants. And, and they are heavy. And they make a lot of noise and can be threatening, and it imposes its will at will. That's your emotions unrestrained. But it can be tamed. Amen. That was a dramatic pause to see. Amen. 
But elephants, like emotions, are easiest tamed when they're young. And it's harder to tame emotions when you're older. But it can be done. Because if an elephant is released in a city, simply look at the destruction around you when our emotions go unchecked. And sometimes we do not consider our words or the cruelty of our behavior because we're allowing our emotions to go unrestrained. Point number three, the people around you should never be the collateral damage while you're healing. Your healing shouldn't cause me harm. You know I'm just trying. You're going to try harder because I'm running out of grace. Instead of being guided by the Spirit, we let our emotions rule us. Proverbs 25 and 8. It says, a person who does not control his temper is like a city whose wall is broken down. Lack of self-control leads to destruction. But Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 10, he has come so that we may have life and have it in abundance. Why do I keep repeating John chapter 10, verse 10? Because the overwhelming part of your body is saying this is too much. And I agree with you. You're overwhelmed by all the people that's coming to mind that you hurt. All the people you let down and, and couldn't uh, meet their expectations, the childhood trauma, all these traumas and triggers. But Jesus has come. So even in my mess, even in my current mess, Richard, but Jesus has come so that I may have life and have it in abundance. Uh, Point number four, everyone on earth that has experienced hurt and pain has to be led out of it. You cannot lead yourself out of grief. You can't lead, lead yourself out of the hell that you've been through. Someone has to walk alongside you and help lead you out of it. Much, this is a quote from Dietrich Schindler, much discipleship falls short of life change because it tells people how they ought to live. Only when we honestly tell one another how we actually live does deep life change occur. There's a gap between what we say and how we live, and your life is what can lead me out when you become, when you live life fully, and your emotions no longer control you because your experience can help lead me out of what I'm going through that you've already mastered. But we treat discipleship as information. Learn these Bible verses. Come to church and then join a small group. But then when we get close to one another, you know what we do? Oh, they're about to see the real me. And God knows that we are too ashamed for we don't want, we don't want that. No, sir. No, so I got to keep you as a distance. And so briefly, we're going to start talking about windows. This is not mine. This is Jahari. It's, a, it's, it's two great um, philosophers. And what they're talking about is uh, the windows that we, we show people or we have. And so I want to share with you uh, because as we, um, as we continue to walk this together, 
um, we want to be healed. Now, Jesus chapter 5, John chapter 5, um, that's going to be um, moving on as we go through the different types of emotions. But John chapter 5, there's a man at the gate called Beautiful. He's been lame for 38 years. Um, Jesus asked him a simple question. Do you want to be well? So I need for you to get in your heart, regardless of how tight it is, regardless of, man, it's a lot, I'm, I'm triggering stuff, I'm unpacking a lot, but I want to get you to one point. Do you want to be well? So the first window pain, it's a window. The first window pain is to know self. It's, 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 it's known to self and it's known to others. This is what we see. This is what is not hidden. This is what we see, that you love my jokes and you laugh. Thank you. And so that's my, so I know that I'm a funny guy and you know that I'm funny and that's known, right? Everyone sees that. Everyone sees that certain people like playing basketball. Everyone who knows Rob knows Rob is the biggest Kobe fan that you ever meet because it's known to him and it's known to others. And then there are things that are not known to me, but known to others. And that's what we call the blind spot. That in walking with you, there will be times when you discover something about me that I didn't know about myself. So that's why that your calling is never in secret. That when God calls you, someone says, anybody ever tell you, man, that you should be? And it's because there are blind spots in all of us. So it's not necessarily a negative thing. But there are times in relationships that when we're building relationships, um, I, there's a lot. Uh, man, um, I, Tiffany doesn't mind uh, me sharing this, but one of the first texts in my spirit was when I was having a conversation with Tiffany, and she, and she said something to the effect, you know, you're very sarcastic. And I laughed it off. But the Holy Spirit is like, yep, time to go to work. Because it's been a blind spot for so long, and here's the culture that I created then now people who are walking with me are also sarcastic. And we think it's healthy until someone who's healthy in that particular piece says, wait a minute, God, y'all don't, don't let up. And what happened was that exactly, that exact thing happened. I was talking with somebody and I was in a conference and it was like, bruh, woof. I was like, what? I said, like, bro, you're sarcastic. What? Me? First witness, witness, Holy Spirit. And now I'm walking in and saying, dude, I am. It was a blind spot to me. And if we're not careful, your unhealthiness, we're connected to my unhealthiness, we normalize it. Known to self, not known to others. <laughs> that's, the bad thing is, that's where sometimes, it's, it's sometimes in relationships, it eventually come out. You know that about yourself. You know you don't like the way he eats. You knew that off jump. 15 years later, you know what? Could you please stop eating like that? It's, it hit too close to home. Um, but, I, but this person has been eating like that for 15 years. It's unfair. How can I stop? How can this person stop overnight? Some things are not known to others, are not known to self. And that's what we don't know. So we didn't know that when you said you didn't like kids, you meant it. 
And so when we put you in the children's ministry, it was a disaster. My bad. <laughs> My bad. It's not known to you. It's not known to us. And so we discover it. That's why you got to be careful that you don't leave community too fast. Because people are discovering things about you and they want to love you through it, but you continue to see it as an attack against you. Listen, I am concerned about your, 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 your growth and your memorization of Scripture. But that's not an indication of maturity. I don't know, and neither do you. I know you don't. I don't know, but you do. And the last one, we know. And so if we're going to be walking this out, the title of this introduction to emotions, is we're, the title is Facing How You Feel. And you'll be shocked how difficult that is when you start facing it. I mean, not to give myself an excuse, but I've been sarcastic since 1975. <laughs> I need grace. I need for the people who love me to say, ah, you drifting again. Man, you drifting again. Didn't you preach something about that? Because we've ignored it long enough. We are called to be windows and mirrors, windows into the hope that a life in Christ offers and mirrors to, to reflect Christ-like character. And in order for that to happen, we must be emotionally healthy. And in order for that to happen, we must face how we feel. Point number five, because God just doesn't want your pretty, but he also wants your ugly. I want you to think about that. I may not be able to handle your ugly, but God can. And the truth of the matter is, if you don't accept my ugly, you are not accepting me. That doesn't make you a punching bag, because remember, boundaries. There are things that we should not emotionally abuse each other. Absolutely not. No, just because I'm in a relationship with you don't mean I, I get to take every punch you throw. Mark 12, write this scripture down. We got some homework. Mark 12, chapter, Mark 12, verse 29 through 30. God wants every part of us, the heart, the soul, your mind, and strength, every part of you. And admitting that things are hard or you are scared or you have no idea what you're doing doesn't mean you lack faith. It just means you're human. Our emotions are merely gauges, not guides. But our emotions can be hijacked by our past experience, our past traumas. So we're going to explore emotions together. Because once we, this is what Brother Josh and I, and what he said it, and I'm, I got the mic so I can capture it. He said, man, something that was, man, it stuck with me. He said, I want to be seen. Most people feel, I want to be seen, but I don't want to be exposed. Whew. My God, can you see me? Can you feel me? And what you see and what you feel, will you accept me? And so 
we exist. You exist. One of the reasons why you exist is because you, you exist to solve the problems you survived. Yet you share none of your testimony. All of us have to be led out of it. By the grace of God, you survived the death. By the grace of God, you survived the abuse. By the grace of God, you survived the job loss. By the grace of God, you survive. But honesty is connected to healing. We got to know that because of my survival instincts, Dion, that I have a tendency to protect myself first, even if it means even if it means doing you harm. Because that's what survival instinct is. And so when God is working on our hearts as the surgeon that he is, cutting things away. But just because we deny that we're not hurting doesn't mean we're not in pain. I remember when I hurt my shoulder and I couldn't lift it, but this high. And my wife, I'd be like this, stop doing that. Or go to the doctor. But stop, ouch, ouch. <laughs> I have the perfect wife for me. Stop doing that. I know when it hurts, then go to the doctor. Ouch. That's what your family's saying secretly. Like, you keep doing this. And the people around you are hurting. And you don't give them the grace because they never understand. But you're the one that's hurting them. So I believe in the second part of Isaiah 35 and 10, write this down. Joy and gladness will overtake them. Sorrow and sighing will flee. That is what it means to be sober-minded. That in spite of what I go through, joy and gladness will overtake me because there's hope found in Jesus Christ. But we have to be sober-minded if we want to control these emotions. We have to stop projecting our pain on people who have nothing to do with causing it. We don't come out of it by ourselves. We're either going to continue to mask it or we're going to manage it. And the only way that we can manage it is putting it in the master's hands. Let's stop over-spiritualizing where we are just to avoid facing the truth about where we are. You know, I wouldn't, I don't have any regrets. Well, I got tons of them. Because if, if, if I didn't make that decision and make that decision, then I wouldn't be where I am today. Baby, there was another way that seemed right to man, and it led to destruction. It's God's plan for me. What if I would have gave God the yes when I was my son's age, the real one? Not having a moment, but creating a movement in my own heart. And so that doesn't mean that, that, that where I am or all the decisions I made didn't teach me, 
But that is to imply that there's only one way to be taught. Let's not limit God by our mistakes. We over-spiritualize by using God to run from God. The Lord, you know, I just hear what the Lord said. Wow, that contradicts everything he said in his book. Let's stop over-spiritualizing things by just simply ignoring how we feel. Let's stop over-spiritualizing things by denying the impact of my past on my present. Let's stop over-spiritualizing things, doing for God instead of being with God. Well, I'm, I'm serving. I'm. Let's stop over-spiritualizing by judging other people's journey. The reason why, the reason why most of us are fundamentals and, and most of us are legalists is because we ourselves need that discipline and we try to project it on you. We shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Blah, blah. That's the voices in your head. John chapter 10. I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance. And so now I'm trying to I'm trying to make you loyal by changing your behavior. And I know my own limitations. I know what I need. And so we have to be careful. That our healing isn't calling causing other people harm. This is the hardest point that I want you to think about this week. And I read this, and I'm just going to be transparent and open. I'm building a relationship with people that I've never met. And they are paying for the people that was before them. Because I'm hearing comments, and I'm hearing uh, uh, some, some of the same verbiage. And now I'm building a wall. Not going to hurt me, duck. Mm. And this is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, he said, Antoine, I desire you to love my children like you've never been hurt. You know how hard that is? God desires his children to love his other children like they've never been hurt. And the only way we can do that is we got to love him with all our heart, mind, body, and soul. Because being in relationship with you, being in relationship with me, is a recipe to be hurt. And he's saying, listen, you got to love like you've never been hurt. You got to try again. You got to dream. You got to dream again. You can't let this world hijack your emotions. You can't let your trauma of your past stop you from living in the present. How can we live fully? How can we live ready? If we are not full of the person that gives us life. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. Lord, I said to him, you're asking too much. You know what they did. You know how I put it on the line for them. He said, your emotions can indicate where you have not completely given to me. Do you trust me with that? He takes me to 1 Peter 
five and seven. Casting all your cares on him because he cares about you. We're going to face how we feel. We're going to take this journey together. Amanda, it's going to be a hard one because there are things that we have we have I was talking to someone and it was just confirmation to, to this message. And, and the person said, I said, man, who, who are your friends? You got friends? He's like, no. As we were talking, he said something that, that, that just, I said, yes, Lord, I hear you. This is where we're going in this next series. He said, people equal pain. So when he said this, every pain that I've ever experienced in YouTube, another person caused it. We're going to take this journey together. Got to be honest, because the reality of it is I cause pain too. One of the contributing ways I approach Scripture now can be contributed to Nate. I've heard it a thousand times. He said something simple. We live in a broken world with broken people. And so when I'm casting my cares on him, casting my anger, my anxiety, my shame, my sadness, because he watches over us. This is what the Amplified Version is. Casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. That's the hope that I can love you and risk being hurt again because I love the Lord my God with all my heart, mind, body, and soul. So what you do, what I do to you, I carry it to God. I need for us to stand. These are upcoming scriptures. If you want to know where we're going, if you want to understand where we're going, these are some upcoming scriptures that we're going to be going through. John chapter 5, verse 1 through 5. Luke chapter 7, verse 11, and um, Luke chapter 7, John chapter 5. We, I want us to say this, we, say it together, we are going to be free in every area of our lives. Now we're going to put some work to that. Pastor Antoine with another God-led message, Emotions, Windows and Mirrors. God created us to live in relationship with himself, ourselves, and others. So let's strive to fully know ourselves and others so we can fully experience life. 
If you're blessed by anything you hear on this podcast and you feel led to give, feel free to text the word GIVE to 704-741-3705. And if you're anywhere near Charlotte or the surrounding areas, come by and visit us at 465 South Cannon Boulevard in Kannapolis, North Carolina. Or you can join us online every Sunday at 1033 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. And follow us on Instagram under Think Kingdom. And as always, you can go back, hear this message and so much more right here on our Think Kingdom podcast.